everybody, and welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beelance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Tonight, we have with us a returning guest, Carlos Silva, who just finished a remarkable season with World Team Tennis. By way of introduction, Carlos joined World Team Tennis as CEO in January of 2019 to lead this organization forward. A veteran media and digital executive, Carlos has built and sold companies in the TV and media convergence space over the last 25 years. He has raised more than $250 million for the startups that he has operated. Please welcome back to the pod, Carlos Silva. Carlos, I'll just start with this. Holy Moses, man. Wow. <laughs> Are you still on cloud nine? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. David, good to, good to see you and uh, great to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, it really hasn't sunk in. I mean, every day, you know, we're still getting a lot of thank you notes from players, from fans, from, you know, even other colleagues around the sports industry. And uh, it's just really nice to, uh, to hear from them all. And, and it, it's sort of starting to th- you know, sink in that we got through it. We did it clean. Uh, we had fans and, uh, and it was, and it was amazing tennis too. So, you know, all of those things, it just, it really feels great. Well, you do know I am a Chicago guy. And I mean, just, I still have the picture of my, on my phone of that last point. And I mean, to say it hit the back third of the line, I think it's like the back eighth of the line. I mean, it still hurts. And what I texted you, I texted Luke Jensen, who the coach of New York empire, the team that won, obviously I said, as a Chicago fan, this hurt, but as a tennis fan, it was unbelievable. And I mean, you could not have scripted this any better. I mean, there were no other points that possibly could have been played. It was, uh, yeah, it was nuts. And, and uh, the ending was, was crazy. I mean, we were, we were doing other things in the stadium too. You know, we were getting ready, you know, we were on CBS, obviously, you know, we had a PGA tour event that was coming on, I think it was in Memphis. So we were trying to be good citizens and, and do everything we could to get off, off the air by three o'clock, obviously, uh, you know, Coco and, and Sloan and everyone else had different thoughts on that. And, it just kept going and going and then it got into that super tie break. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when Sloan got subbed in, you know, she, I, I want to say it was either four, two or five, three in the tie break. And, and Sloan was so pumped. She was like high five and she was fist pumping. Uh, and it really, it really felt like they had it, you know, under control, but you know, I mean, look, we've all played tiebreakers and, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes a couple points slip away and, uh, I had sort of made my way down to the tunnel and Billie Jean was there with us because we were going to do the trophy ceremony. And we were right courtside, right by the, right by the scoreboard, kind of where the tunnel is to come out to the court. And I mean, it was, it was insane. I mean, everyone was so excited. Like they couldn't believe it. I, I think Brian Hicks leaned over and he's like, you know, this has only happened once in the history or something like that, where it came down to a super tie break. And, and yeah, that ball was, Mostly out, that's for sure. It was mostly <laughs> out, but uh, but Hawkeye, Hawkeye did its job. I mean, imagine, imagine, David, if we had if we had lines, people, how yeah. controversial that would have been. I mean, it was also a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars swing. You know, five hundred to the winner, two fifty to the runners up, and uh, so yeah, Hawkeye did its job. And I'm, um, you know, unfortunate for Chicago, unfortunate for New York, the ball was in. But I mean. I think everybody won on that one. I mean, I, I was I was a little sad to see that that someone had to lose because it was really it was really amazing. For sure, and to to kind of talk about that um, championship match, the ebbs and flows were were crazy 
um, with that whole match. And, you know, you got a guy like Jack Sock in these short matches, short sprint type of matches, especially on the doubles court, so, so dangerous. And after the men's dubs and the mixed dubs, I wasn't feeling too good as a Chicago fan. And then Brandon Nakashima, who, I mean, talk about a star in the making. This guy's going to be top 20 soon. Totally flipped the script on that whole match. And he won his singles over Jack 5-0. And now you got Bethany and Jeannie. Now the Chicago fans are starting to feel pretty right. good. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, what a, yeah, I mean, what a flip-flop. I mean, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's too bad. Well, we had a great semifinals. I guess the finals won't be, you know, quite as good as the, you know, that first semi was. And you just sort of watch it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Brandon, like, wins a break game and he gets a break. And, and you know, then, by the way, there was also a couple decision points in that set. I mean, that set could have easily been 5-2 or 5-3. And Brandon won all the, you know, I think he won two decision points that ended up making it, you know, go 5-0. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy cow, talk about a flip-flop. And, and everybody was in the match. And then it came down to, uh, I think, mixed and, mixed and women's doubles, which was, which was amazing. You know, lots of, lots of Grand Slam winners on those courts, you know, between Fine. Rajiv and Bethany and, you know, Sloan and, uh, you know, and Jack. And, I mean, it was, uh, it was really something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a total flip flop. I mean, it could have it could have really gone, and New York could have just sort of cruised on into the sunset with a victory, and and then Chicago just came rolling back. Yeah, it it was awesome. It was it was so great. I want to because of the obviously the period that we're in during this pandemic, um, the safety protocols that you and your team put in place, and I'll ask you to talk about that a little bit. And you'll see now sports that are acting in a bubble, World Team Tennis, the NBA so far, um, the NHL so far, those sports have seemed to be more successful. You see baseball struggling a bit because they're not in the bubble. Um, there was no gray area for you. There was absolutely no wiggle room. There were strict protocols that you had to abide by. And if you slipped up, you know, you, you had to leave. And that happened with one player. This, this was something where there was absolutely no gray area for you and your team to, for this whole event to be a success. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, we talked about it a lot, Dave, and, you know, it was, it was either, you know, either you're clean or you're not because, um, because the problem with having, you know, the problem isn't that if someone tests positive. I mean, look, the, the way the world is right now, I mean, we don't even know where COVID really is, and, and sometimes people do get it, and they feel fine, and they don't know. But the problem there is that, you know, then, then one person gets it, then five people get it, then 10 people get it. And the next thing you know, we lose a team, you know, we lose, we lose a semifinal team, you know, whatever it is. And, and literally the house of cards, you know, comes down. So, you know, for us, we, we talked about it every day, you know, from, from getting there with that first negative test, you know, before you could even leave your house, you had to test negative to then doing a midseason test. And then, you know, really for us, I think the thing for me, that I don't, I don't know if scared is the right word, but concerned is the right word, was kind of with about five, maybe five or six days to go. I think we were a couple of days from the semifinals. You know, the season was sort of winding down. And then the Marlins, you know, have this big breakout. And then on the back of that, the Cardinals have a big breakout. You know, everyone sort of was mad at, mad at us because we wouldn't allow anyone to go to the casino at the Greenbrier. And, you know, then you see the Cardinals – um, a bunch of the guys went to the casino and they, you know, ended up having some positive tests. And so, 
it was really just about being super diligent and just reminding everyone. And I have to tell you, I really think as things progressed, everybody was kind of in this, in this mode together. Right. And you'd see, you know, staff, you'd see players, you'd, you'd see everybody, you know, you'd hear about players not doing team dinners even. They would be eating just in their room because they didn't even want to like go have a team dinner. And because they really wanted to be safe or they were going to go home and see their mom after the season and they wanted to make sure that they were safe. And I, I tell you, there was one moment where Jeannie, you know, Jeannie Bouchard was like leaving the stadium and she was walking out and it was kind of quiet. And, you know, we didn't have that many fans, obviously, you know, maybe a couple of hundred fans a day. And a fan came up to her and asked if she could get a picture taken. And I was sort of nearby and I kind of started to like move over to, to sort of help out. And I didn't even need to because Jeannie was like, yeah, I could take a picture with you, but you need to have a mask on. I need to have a mask on and we need to be six feet away from each other. And, and I, just, I just stopped and let it happen. And then later, you know, I said, hey, Jeannie, that was, you know, thank you for being, you know, being part of the team to make it happen. And it, it really, I think really that's how it, it went all, you know, during the season. And, um, and we kept it tight and, you know, thank goodness we, uh, you know, maybe we got a little lucky and I think we were super diligent, but sometimes the two go hand in hand. And, uh, and, you know, now I'm even happy that it's, you know, a week later, David, and, you know, people have gone everywhere and we know they've gone to Lexington and they've gone other places and they've all tested negative. So it's just really, it's great news for sport and it's, it's good news for us and tennis in general. Yeah. Now I know during the time frame of your event, Sports was starting to come back a little bit, but I mean, let's be honest, sports full blast is not even close to going on right, right now. And this was an event that was going to be highlighted just because there was not a lot of other sports going on. Um, this was something that could have really helped you and your team, or if it went the other way, really could have hurt you and your team. I, I guess I can ask twofold. Did you feel the pressure of that one? And two, I mean, all the contingency plans you must have had in place and you went, you know, one way for one week had to switch, go a, do a 180 and do another plan. I mean, who'd you learn from and who'd you talk about? The, the process must have been unbelievable to, to try to make this a success. Yeah, you know, look, it, it, it definitely felt the pressure. I can tell you I had a lot of sleepless nights. You know, you wake up middle of the night sort of worried about things. You know, you'd hear about, um, you know, you, you, you just try to keep everyone locked together. And, uh, you know, it got better and better as the weeks went on. But, yeah, it was a lot, of, it was a lot of, of staying light on our feet, really. You know, as we sort of started the process in April, May, June, everything kept changing. Every day there was a different issue, a different state was shutting down. Things were good in one state. And then, look, I mean, again, maybe sometimes you make the right decision and, and, you know, you're sort of good and lucky. And we did that with West Virginia and the Greenbrier. I mean, we, we really liked, you know, we started this whole process, you know, as you know, David, I was in the fight game for a while and we, you know, we really loved what the UFC was doing. They were really first back. Dana and the team did an amazing job with their testing protocols. And we, we listened and we, we tried to learn from that as well. And, you know, we booked the Jacksonville arena where the first UFC fight was. We had, we, that was on our short list. Let's go to Jacksonville. They did a fight. They did three fights there. We should do our season there. And Florida is open for business. And, uh, and, you know, we, we thought the same with Texas. We thought the same with Las Vegas. And, you know, in the end, we ended up choosing the Greenbrier in West Virginia. And, you know, so thankful that we did because there was, 
not a lot there to do other than have dinner, enjoy your teammates, get some rest, practice, go for a walk, play a little golf, um, all things that kept everyone together. There were no other things to go out and about. Um, you know, I, I think Vegas would have been very tough. I think Florida was spiking during our season and so was Texas. So there's no doubt that, uh, I guess, you know, maybe a lot of the double, triple preparation, coming up with different plans, and then, you, you know, you end up, you know, picking the Greenbrier, and, and uh, you're a little bit off the beaten track in a low, low incidence place, and, and it helps you get it done. So you guys are riding a huge wave of momentum right now. Um, I mean, it was, there was a lot of prize money at stake. Um, Obviously, everyone likes the team sport, the team part of now, all these team events with tennis. Um, you said when you have it in one place, obviously, you lose the, the home court advantage, quote unquote, to, to speak, right? But I, I'll ask you, where do you see, with all this positive momentum that you guys have right now, where do you see world team tennis going forward? And two, with the success you had in one location, is that in the back of your mind that, you know, we may not have to travel and go to these home and away type of matches? Yes, you do lose that, you know, again, quote unquote, home court advantage. But is it something that if the schedule allows it, boom, just keep it at one location just because of the success you have? You know, I, I think so. I mean, I, I don't think World Team Tennis will ever be the same. Uh, and I mean that in a, in a huge positive way. I mean, I think we learned so much. Uh, that's sort of the silver lining coming out of this pandemic is that, you know, having matches all day was actually great for tennis. You know, having a, an 11 a.m., a 2 p.m., a 7 p.m. match, it also helped the players be able to sort of see what was happening as the season developed to try and find, you know, try and make that cut line and be the top four to make it. And, uh, and you know, with a lot of prize money on the line, a million dollars in postseason prize money, in addition to their regular season, you know, everyone was very keen, especially this year, where earnings are, you know, they're six months down. Any way you cut it, it just doesn't matter. They they lost six months of earnings, and so uh, I don't think we go back, David. No, I I think that um, you know, is it one location? Don't know yet. Uh, you know, we're still gathering sort of all the P and L and and how we did and and what worked and. Certainly, we had a lot of great sponsors uh, new this year, which I was super happy about. And now we have to talk with them about moving forward. Is it a hybrid? And, you know, is there an East Coast, West Coast location? Is there some home stands where, uh, you know, you go to New York with four teams for four days and the fans get to see, you know, Chicago, New York, Philly, and D.C. all together? Yeah, I think so. And we're, we're working through that now. And, um, and I do think, you know, what we learned this year, uh, not just from having all the teams together, but even what we did with the coaches and the players being ball kids and coaching each other on the court. Really cool. It, you know, everyone has told us, like, I felt like I was on a team like never before. I mean, you had, you know, you had the Bryant brothers walking up to Sam Query with two tennis balls saying, you know, hey, hey, Sam, you know, slide it down the middle. I think, you know, that's the serve right now. And, and I was just, it was it was insanely cool. And so I think there's a lot of good things that come out of this that, that help us to shape, you know, 21 going forward. Yeah. And you said, you know, the amount of Grand Slam uh, champions that participated this year, it was, it was unbelievable. And I think a lot of players that maybe did not participate when they saw how positive this event was, they're going to be uh, chomping at the bit to, uh, 
try to participate in future years. And, and I know when we originally spoke, I think it was in April, on our original podcast, uh, the, the weeks and months kind of run into each other, but we spoke originally back in April. The Greenbrier was not set yet, but in talking with you, you were going to get it done in some way, shape, or form. And, and kudos to you um, and your team because, I mean, you guys absolutely crushed it, and I know you're still riding high. Um, yeah. It was an unbelievable win for the sport of tennis, and I want to congratulate you and your team because it was uh, – it was awesome. And thanks again for, for hopping on and discussing it with me. Yeah, no, I, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, we are still riding, uh, you know, a little bit of the high, you know, a little bit of relief too, because, you know, like you said, you worried every day, you know, you didn't want to be, you didn't want that headline to get written, like what a bunch of dummies for trying this. And, you know, a lot of that is just being diligent and getting a little lucky. And we did. We also, you know, the partners were great. It was great having the finals on CBS. It was great having so many matches on Tennis Channel. And, I mean, there were a couple of days on Tennis Channel where they would do a re-air in the morning, and then we'd be live, 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 and they'd do a re-air at night. I mean, it was like World Team Tennis roadblock all day. So that was great. And, you know, and the ESPN guys were, were awesome, too. We had so many matches on ESPN, too. So I think the, the great news is that the fans won here, and they got to see 66 awesome matches with I mean you know I can't even name all you know from Taylor mm -hmm. Fritz to Kim Kleister's the Bryant brothers to Sophia Kennan you know Taylor Towns I mean it's just the list is like just keeps going and going and um and so yeah it was really it was really great the players were were great too and it was great it was great hanging out with the players for for three weeks too and really getting to know them for myself too because you know usually you see them at a match you say hi you say congrats and then it's you know off on a plane to to Vegas or Chicago or New York. And uh, it was great being able to, you know, see them. And yeah, you know, we had a, we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun together. Oh, I'm sure. And, and if you don't mind, just a quick plug for my podcast, some people instrumental in world team tennis. I've had Luke Jensen on uh, previously. I've also had Mark Lucero on who did an unbelievable job commentating job. Um, some matches. And he is so, I just talked to Mark yesterday. He is so fun to talk, talk tennis with. Such great insight, and he's just a great, great all-around guy. So um, make sure to yeah, check well, out those episodes. You. What's that? Yeah, it was great. I'll give you the quick plug, too. You know, Mark and I both played tennis at Boston College. So yep. he's, he's a lot younger than I am. But so we, uh, we had the little BC Eagles thing going. We, we got to hit some balls a, a couple mornings, did a couple workouts together, and it was, it was super fun. So, yeah, Mark was a great addition to the team. I love his, uh, I love his positive energy, too. Great, great all-around guy. Carlos, I know you're, even though you still got the adrenaline rocking and rolling, you probably are so tired. So I'm going to let you go. Um, appreciate your time. Again, congrats. It, it was awesome. Thanks for spending time with me tonight. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show and look forward to jumping on again. And, and as always, thanks for your support too. Thanks, Carlos.